0: One of my favorite things about learning from the Lord is that He teaches with images, stories, and symbols. He did it in the New Testament, and He did it in the Old Testament. Well, I learned this week that the Hebrew word mashal, translated in verse 1 as proverb, is translated in many other places in the Hebrew Bible as parable. In other words, this book is a book of many parables that, as we'll learn together, help us practice living a God-like life.
1: Welcome to the Scripture Study Project. We are your hosts, Krista and Zach Horton, and this is our podcast where we study Scripture with you. Our goal each week is to help you discover new or renewed excitement for God and His Word, invest your heart and personal life into your study, and connect with others as you teach and learn together. Hey there, we hope you are back after our small hiatus from our Psalms episode um, we did one episode on Psalms and said maybe we'd come back, but we did not. We didn't come back. And here we are now coming back after that. We hope you had a good study in Psalms for those past three weeks. I think it was kind of a cool pause from everything, even just being able to spend that extra time there in um, all of that wisdom and just kind of relaxing scripture almost in a way um but this week we are here with studying with you in proverbs and ecclesiastes and we're skipping song of solomon zach do you want to give us do you have any insight into why why are we skipping it but come follow me skipped it too i
0: think i should dig this up i think joseph smith once said it was inspired scripture if I've got my quote right. So it's a love story. It doesn't have a whole lot of wisdom or a whole lot of doctrine or any wisdom or doctrine maybe. So I've read it. You can read it. It's got some interesting verses in it, but...
1: There you go. You can read a little extra if you figure out for it. There's a lot better things
0: to read in Proverbs <laughs> and even some better things to read in Ecclesiastes.
1: Well, that is what was kind of fun is I think that Proverbs um, is kind of another fun read. I feel like I just... As I was reading through, the thing that came to my mind was like, this is just good stuff. This, these are just good ideas mm-hmm. all throughout. You're like, hey, that's kind of cool. and um, So hopefully that's your experience as well. And we are actually this week going to start out with some proverbs from our own children. These um, are good. They have some really good words of wisdom. So so just to get you ready for what you're what you're in for, because just the scriptures get better, but here's some some fun ones for this you. This was
0: just last month.
1: This one yes, it was. <laughs> this is our daughter. She gives us a lot of advice and this was a really good one. Flirting is easy. All you have to do is get the boy and then say, Hey boy. <laughs> there you go proverbs or wisdom from a seven-year-old yeah,
0: and the scary thing is for her that probably is exactly what she'll do and it will unfortunately work for her because she's just <laughs> that kind of person so
1: okay so the next one comes from my son and just this one stuck out to us as we were looking through some of the funny things our kids have said this one stuck out because actually some of the things that um, stuck out to me as well from Proverbs from my study. So this one's actually super applicable too. I don't know. Did you find any about flirting?
0: I didn't find it. Maybe that's what Song of Solomon is for. <laughs> oh <laughs> the yes. Flirting there one. you
1: go. So this was, um, my son, he says, well, if you're just a normal person, there's only like a 30% chance that you'll get murdered. But if you're a millionaire, then it's a 70% chance that you'll get murdered. So they were discussing why it's better to be middle class. And these are, our kids give us some pretty hard statistics. So these may or may not be You can take those to the true. bank. Um, I mean, that's one that they talk about a lot. I don't know where that comes from. But words of wisdom, also proverbs from our children. So there you have it. There's a fun way to get us started into some of this wisdom literature from actual scripture rather than our kids. But time to get there.
0: Well, and that word wisdom is interesting because um, these are Proverbs, um, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon are considered wisdom literature. Proverbs kind of being um, the primary book of wisdom. The word wisdom is used over 50 times in the King James. And the Hebrew word for wisdom... Uh, is in other places translated as skill, and in some places translated as uh, godly living in some translations. In other words, what the book of Proverbs is, is a book about how to develop the skill of godly living. Whereas Psalms was a book of the heart, about praise and worship, Proverbs is a book of the hand, It's a book about actions and practices and things that help us to live a God-like life.
1: As I was studying in a study Bible that I have, just a Christian study Bible that I often study in, um, it talked about Proverbs as being practical and challenging daily workouts that we can use for ourselves. And I kind of like that. I think that goes along with that idea of Proverbs are the doing. They're about the hands, about how we can do certain actions yeah. in our lives like well
0: that. and that that thesis is kind of here right at the beginning of the book uh in verse seven the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction uh and then of course the famous verses in proverb three uh, trust in the lord with all thy heart lean not unto thine own understanding In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths be not wise in thine own eyes Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. And so the thesis of the book, if there is one, is that there is a a practic, a practice, a practical way to live a godlike life. And the beginning of that practice is a respect for God and the commandments and the the instructions that He provides us. And that's what the book of Proverbs is—a collection of instructions. Uh, that help us to live that godlike life. So, um, I want to share just one thing, and then we're going to give just a couple of examples to kickstart your own study of the book of Proverbs. Um, there's a book that I haven't read, but was recommended to me, and so I did a little spark note version of the book. The book is called Ideas That Stick by Jim, uh, Chip and Dan Heath. And in that book, they identify six things that make an idea Uh, An idea that sticks or an idea that actually translates into action or change. And the six things are an idea that sticks is one that is simple, unexpected, concrete, credible, emotional, and is part of a larger story. And if you look at those six things, that's exactly what the book of Proverbs is. They are simple, often unexpected statements that are concrete, meaning they're tangible, practical, they're credible, of course they are, because they are inspired. They're emotional in that they deal with things that we care about, life and wealth and stability and family, and their story. uh, Most of the proverbs are are mini parables. Uh, There's a symbolism that goes with them. And so those six things make the Proverbs a really powerful book to study. And as you're looking at Proverbs that stand out to you, you might just try and identify ones that are simple, unexpected, concrete, credible, emotional, and are wrapped up in a story that can help you live a more godlike life.
1: Well, I'm not quite sure why this is the one that stuck out to me, but I am going to go back to, it was probably because of my son's proverb, right? (laughs) But um, I kept noticing how many, and probably because this is also a good um, story of something really concrete that we can all understand is that idea of money and wealth and treasure because certainly we know that there are many you will or if you don't know or haven't noticed you will um so many are about abundance and wealth and treasure and gaining possession and having possession and so i think that this kind of plays to to many sides of these things to make these stories stick maybe that's why they stuck out to me um the first one, and maybe also because Jesus teaches so much about this too. He mm-hmm. teaches some of these very similar ideas. Um, this is Proverbs 15 verse 16. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than a great treasure with turmoil.
0: In the next verse after that, uh, better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fattened ox and hatred therewith.
1: And don't you think that's, Maybe that's why these Proverbs are so good in looking at this list of things that we're looking for, like the unexpected, like that's kind of unexpected, mm-hmm. like hatred with this beautiful, beautiful meal. It's kind of this comparison that makes it so rich. Of
0: Well, and, and it goes contrary to what we would assume, and especially in Western culture, that the accumulation of more is always better. And if you read the Proverbs, it's pretty clear and pretty evident as you're saying, that there is danger in more, and often having a little with love and righteousness and humility is better than having more uh, than with hatred or trouble or turmoil.
1: And this one from Proverbs 13, I've just got a couple in this same on the same subject. Riches are a ransom for a person's life, but a poor person hears no threat. The other thing I thought is that these are pretty unexpected, but also kind of credible. You know, mm-hmm. you, can, you can envision them. And also, it's a test that has been a test for people forever. I think that's why it's one of those things that's very relatable for all of us through the ages when it's talking about this subject.
0: Proverb 30, verses 8 and 9. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. So the kids are right. You're middle class. You're better. (laughs) If you're a millionaire, then at least according to this proverb, the wealthier you are, the more tempted you might be to deny God and ask, who is the Lord? And of course, we want to have enough to supply for our needs. And so it's an unexpected truth, but I think one that's valuable.
1: That made me think of the Lord's Prayer, where Jesus asked for, give me this day my daily bread. God, you know what I need for this day, and that's all I need. Um, and I think, oh, that's something to, to really strive for.
0: The one that I found goes with that. I was attracted to chapter 11. The very beginning, the proverb is, A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And then it talks more about that balance um, and the part that, I was especially drawn to was in verse twenty-five. Uh, well, verse twenty, beginning in verse twenty-five. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. That metaphor to me is beautiful. Again, it's unexpected. If I give water, I myself will be watered. If I give to others, I myself will be given. We have that written in a hymn, right? Because I have been given much, I too must give. And when I give, I am added upon. Uh, But I love that image. And I love the word liberal. I know that that word often is overly politicized uh, as liberal and conservative being opposites of each other. But in this context, uh, it's not a political term. It's a characteristic. And God is liberal. He gives abundantly and lovingly and and liberally, liberally to <laughs> others. Jesus was liberal. He was very liberal with his love. He was liberal with his care. He was liberal with his attention. And so the proverb that we too should be liberal and give that which we have I think connects to that earlier those earlier proverbs about wealth and maybe shows us what to do when we have an excess of wealth and we have more than we need. What is it that we can do for it if we want to practice a skill of godly living? So, verse 28, He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. Right? If I water, then I will be watered. And then verse 30, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise.
1: Well, I'm going to share one that kind of struck me, um, and maybe you'll come across some of these where you're like, "Oh, I think that was talking right to me." <laughs> but this was comes from Proverbs fourteen verse one: "Every wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears it down with her own hands." Um, hmm. And maybe I thought, "Okay, that's a well." It's kind of all of those things, but it's like, I'm thinking, well, is that simple, credible, unexpected, emotional? For me, maybe it's all of those things. Um, we've had kind of one of those weeks at our house where it was a little emotional. There was a lot of, um, misunderstandings and just, people stuff going on.
0: An emotional week.
1: <laughs> there you go. Well that's what I already said. It's a teenage emotional it was, yeah, week. How about that? We don't even have a teenager yet, but we have a tween. So yeah,
0: tweenage emotional We're week.
1: getting there. But um I thought, you know, as a as a woman, maybe that's why that one stood out to me, every wise woman, is that's what I've been working on, is building a home and building a family and building our house and um I have the ability to be a wise woman to build that house, but how quickly we can tear it down in so many different ways with the words we use and the actions that we take. Um, And so that's probably why this one stood out to me. Every wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears it down with her own hands. Um, Because I think it's so easy to work so hard on something and be so focused on something, but how quickly those good things that we work so hard on can be... um, broken down if we're not careful.
0: I really like that. In fact, maybe a good way to end is actually to look briefly at the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, In this book, the word that's repeated is the word vanity, which means uh, vapor uh, is a better translation. Everything is vapor. Everything is smoke. And if you read it, the preacher that narrates just goes through and points out how every earthly pursuit whatever I build, whatever I acquire, is vapor. It disappears eventually. And it can be somewhat a depressing book if you don't catch the other balancing statement, which is stated in chapter 3, verse 14. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. And so uh, what I enjoy the most about these Proverbs is, to me, these are timeless truths that can be practiced to help life go better and the reason that they do that is because they are truths about godly living they're things that god would do um, rather than just platitudes from men that might be like vapor or smoke disappearing so there's a couple just to kickstart your study you will find many more that are far more personal to you But thank you for studying with us this week. This is our final mini episode that we will do this season. Next week, we'll be back with a full study of Isaiah, which we are really excited for. So take care and we'll see you next episode.